is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Hello and welcome back to Where We Landed, a podcast that explores and learns all the cool stories of everyone that has landed in our beautiful little piece of Indiana. (laughs) I'm talking it way up. (laughs) In Grant County, Indiana, um, I'm Iris Brunner and in studio with me today is Miss Alicia Hazelwood. Hello, hello. And Mr. Scott Miller. Hello. Good morning. And Kylie is on the board, and we have another extra special guest in studio today, Mr. Chauncey. I think maybe you've seen him on our Instagram before, but we're all very excited and very jealous. He's being cradled like a baby yes, right now. Kylie is holding him, so hopefully we all get a turn. So we're excited to be back in studio, and we have a fun, fun guest today. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to Alicia. I hear she's got some new fun something for us to do that is not Would You Rather. I do. It is not Would You Rather. So <laughs> Kylie came up. She was trying to think of these ideas, right, to for us to learn something interesting about each other. So... Without cheating, oh gosh, we each get to say what was the last song we listened to on our music app. So whether you use a like mm. Apple Music or whatever, what's the last song you picked to listen to? Um, I know what mine is. Go for it. <laughs> so uh, we pulled the trigger and bought some Post Malone tickets. So I've already created my uh, <laughs> playlist. So it was Post Malone. That was mine. I don't know which song. Circles. I don't know any of them. I don't know any of the names. Do you want? Oh, I'm you, yeah, you got to pull okay. it up and look at it. Oh, I thought you said no cheating. Well, no, like you can't. It's got to be the last one that's on there. You oh, can't okay. cheat and go back and be like, oh, this was the second oh, to okay. last one. It's got to be the actual last one on your app. Um, it's Cooped Up by Post Malone. <laughs> that's what it was. Scott? Well, my you use app, an app is app, right? Pres- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was wheels on the bus. <laughs> I love Go it. Round and hey, round. Explain, explain just a little bit. Yeah, so that's too. Leo's favorite song, mm-hmm. and and you can't listen to it just once. You have to listen to it seventeen Over. times. Has Leo right. heard Baby Shark yet? Oh, <gasps> okay. he knows just all the sure. symbols. Yeah, <laughs> just oh, making sure. Yeah. If not, I was gonna. Yeah, it was either that or Wheels on the Bus, but I'm pretty sure it was. That's um, good. The, the, uh, so on my. My uh, your app? app, though. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Oh. Their song from their movie. That's Hello. a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were going, going into this. Um, our guest, you get to participate. Oh, I get to participate. Oh, you do. <laughs> so grab your phone. Some of what you may recognize last her voice. You may recognize her voice, yeah. Which we won't yes. tell you until we enter. Because, you know, that's how we are. Yeah. We like being secretive <clears throat> like that. Mine so might, how about you? Mine might bust into song here. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and the funny thing is, is my <laughs> app's not wanting to cooperate right at the moment. Oh. But I was in the car with my son last night, my youngest son, who just turned 13. We had a dinner date. We are talking about our family history. We are talking about how we come from Scottish and Celts and Druids and old world Scandinavian religions and stuff like that. His dad's family is Indian and Hispanic. So we're talking about like witch doctors and voodoo and stuff like that. So literally the last song I listened to, ooh, ah, ah, ting, ting, wada, wada, bing, bang. I knew it. Was the witch doctor (laughs) from Alvin and the Chipmunks. I knew it. (laughs) The fact that you two got in sync on that is really scary. (laughs) 
So, and he died. He wanted to listen to it like three or four times because it was just funny. He died laughing because it, it is a good it song. Fun. It's so, fun. Yeah. All, All right. right. Special guest. Right. What was your It last was Fly by Nicki Minaj. Oh, nice. Yes. Yes. Very good. Yes. So, That's good stuff. All right. A little so bit of our lives. I want to get right this. into today's guest oh. because she has so much to share, unless there's something else. That you, no, I'm good. Okay. That was all it. Kylie told me to do. So okay. I follow directions reasonably well. So our guest today just um, completed her 10-year anniversary of living in our county. Um, I just found that out this morning, which is awesome. So uh, a Nebraska transplant, she and I have that in common. We were both born in Nebraska. Um, at least I was. Were you born in Nebraska too? Yes. Okay. Um, and so uh, our guest today is Lisa Dominici, who also uh, is now in charge of Grant Blackford Mental Health, which just underwent a transition uh, with Family Services. Uh, which she has led. So two long-term or long-time organizations in our community, and Lisa has been a part of bringing those groups together for the betterment of our community and for the betterment of those two organizations. So welcome, Lisa, and it is awesome to have you on the show today. And uh, it looks like you're enjoying Chauncey, which is, if for those of you who are listening and don't know Chauncey, Chauncey is actually Kylie's puppy. So yes. puppy might be a, a 91-year-old puppy. We did. So. We talked about it. He's him. very, yeah. very sweet and yeah. very friendly. Kylie yeah. shared where he got his name and all that stuff on her podcast. So uh, 10 years ago, came to Grant County. Can you walk us through, maybe uh, you can start in Nebraska, but kind of walk us through like how did Lisa get to, to Grant County? So we came for job transfer for my husband. So he was with Walmart distribution centers at the time and was promoted and transferred out to the Gas City location. So that's how we ended up in, in Grant County. And did you guys come directly from Nebraska? We did. We were in North Platte, Nebraska prior to coming okay. to Grant County. So you were a trailing spouse. I was a trailing spouse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a leading spouse in many ways as well. So, um, so how did you decide to get into the mental health profession? Great question. <laughs> um, interestingly, when I was in Nebraska, I actually was um, part of Governor Johan's team when we were going through decentralization of mental health out of state hospitals and back into communities. And so um, really got interested in it way, way back then, even though it wasn't like the core part of my of my job. It was a big part of what was happening in rural communities, especially because they weren't prepared to take care of these, these families and these individual family members. Um, communities, especially rural communities were very ill-equipped mm -hmm. at the time. And so working through the, the problem solving and the challenges of that at the time was really interesting to me. Yeah. And then as you got to Grant County, how did you navigate, um, started doing some economic development work mm -hmm. in the community. Yeah. How did you navigate and do your first role here in the community and then up to where you're at presently? Yeah, sure. So when I came to the community, I had actually left um, a, a hospital human resources role back in Nebraska for a regional hospital. And the um, when we moved here, I got the kids settled into school and their activities. And then I was doing business coaching and executive consulting for a company out of Atlanta. And then we sold that company and um, I was trying to decide what to do with myself. So I was kind of freelancing uh, and doing some ghostwriting and a bunch of different things. And then um, the mayor here was in need of someone just for a very short period of time to do economic development. 
um, that had already done it. And I had done economic development for some time in Nebraska at the local and the statewide level. So um, I just filled in for a short period of time. <clears throat> and then left that mm -hmm. to do what? To go to Family Service Society. And I was actually on the <laughs> board of directors at Family Service Society um, volunteering when that position became available. And I went ahead and um, I actually, I wasn't going to apply because I felt like it was a conflict of interest. And I have a three, a three, three times rule. If something shows up in my life three times, then I'm always, I want to have that experience. So I had three different people tell me that I really should apply for that position. And so I went home and talked to my husband. He's like, yeah, why aren't you doing that? He's like, you love people. You're fascinated by health and mental health. Why would you not pursue this? I was like, oh, if your husband says, because Mike like <laughs> barely pays attention. Right. So I was just like, wow. Okay. So guess I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So then I threw my like, I married a strong independent woman for a reason. Yeah. Why aren't you doing that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then I applied and I was successful um, getting that position, which was awesome. And I loved it. And, and tell us about this recent, because mergers are so challenging. Mm -hmm. um, but tell us a little bit about how that happened. Um, and what you see the organization doing as you move forward with the organization. So, yeah, mergers are very challenging. <laughs> they are not for the faint of heart. So I wouldn't, I, like, if you're going to do it, make sure you're all in, yeah. um, for sure. The, uh, what was the question again? Well, <laughs> I got lost in no, no, dog okay. love. Yeah. I was going to say, Chauncey's about to fall asleep. I know. Like, <laughs> it's the, like, this is amazing. The lovins and rubbins he's getting right now. How you, went through, how you went through that process and then where you see the organization moving over the next several years. Yeah. So I think that there's, I've always been fascinated with health in, in general in my lifetime. I, I born to be a doctor or something, always fascinated by by that and of serious curiosity and love for people. So there is no health without mental health. And so I really see us working towards vertically integrating wellness, um, mental health and wellness for the long term for families and, and individuals. And so I, I'd like to see us take the continuum of care that we're able to now provide as a merged organization and just accelerate that in into a model that allows people to have a really thriving life, no matter what their circumstances. And that's exciting to me. Yeah. One of our um, host, Iris, um, also is a part of the, <laughs> of the organization. I was wondering if we were going to get a chance to ask any questions, well, Scott. It's, it's your turn. <laughs> it's so, your turn. He came with a list. He yeah. was all prepared. <laughs> so um, He's always prepared. But Iris also works as a part of this organization. And I thought it would be interesting. This is the first time I think that we've had a co-worker or co-working type of opportunity. But just to share, um, you know, what Lisa's meant to you and uh, in her leadership. Yeah, certainly. Um, though this podcast is not about me, I Scott, know, you knew I that know. was coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm definitely um, beneficial. And remember this when we do my review in a few months. <laughs> you got it. Okay. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I just, I, the, the one thing I feel like um, I can always pinpoint with Lisa that I feel like she always challenges me as being a lifer, right, of Grant County is Lisa has said to me plenty of times, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, as soon as she says it, I'm like, oh, why not? Why can't we do this? Why not? Why isn't Marion and Grant County 
why, why not? Like, why can we not have nice things or why can we not have these things? So that's one, one of many, but like, that's the one thing that I feel like, you know, in relation to this podcast. And as we talk about Grant County and Marion and gas city and, and, you know, all of the cities that make up our County, why not? Like, why not? So, okay. I'm changing directions because I want to hear about little Lisa. I want to hear about little Lisa growing up in Nebraska. Scott went straight in for the the heavy. And I want to hear about (laughs) the things that you did growing up or the things that sparked joy for you um, as, as little Lisa. So how little? (laughs) Well, Scott likes to know from birth, but uh, wherever (laughs) you'd like to start. (laughs) So, uh, oh man. Okay. (laughs) other <laughs> measure my words um no the uh i was very much a tomboy child i from age like three told my mom that i needed to change my name to sam because mm. i this samantha because i wanted to be called sam i wanted it to be an either or mm. option um i was known for playing football and clotheslining boys and like leaving <laughs> yes. them flat on their backs when not able to catch their breath <laughs> Keeping in mind, growing up in a very rural yeah. area, I yeah. would assume in Nebraska, yeah. you kind of have to yeah play with boys. Pick, yeah, pick your, mm-hmm. pick your I spot. I was always the only girl in the neighborhood, so I really didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, lots of tree climbing and adventuring and, um, I oh gosh, so much outdoor adventuring. Loved animals always, so was constantly like luring horses to the fence and then climbing the fence and jumping on their back and just praying that I didn't die. (laughs) Um, I feel like that's a metaphor for life in general. I really want this thing. Come here. Okay. I'm going to get on. Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of that. Lots of um, my best friend and I used to, um, and actually she probably still does even in our fifties, but yeah, we used to um, go ride our bikes as a, as like a group, like a mob. It's very much, um, oh, what's the movie where the, the ball goes over the fence and there's the big dog? Sandlot. Yeah, Sandlot. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. Sandlot-esque. We'd all be riding our bikes in a mob and we'd go to an abandoned house out in the country mm-hmm. and we would break into the house and then we would like <laughs> tour through the whole thing and we fell through stairs and then we'd have to figure out how to get each other out of the basement. We fell through. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And then the story you got to come up with when you get home yep. as to why you have that particular yep. injury. The, it was a team, it was a team effort right. on the entire story, you know, and you're making Okay. You tell your mom this and I'll tell my mom this. <laughs> got to corroborate yep. your story. Yep. Lots I of, promise. lots of corroboration. And then by eighth grade, I was a Oh, I was obsessed with death too as a little kid. So I had this little, my parents had this beautiful. What what did you say? Obsessed with death. (laughs) You heard (laughs) it right. Okay, I was just making sure. (laughs) So, but because I was always trying to save animals. She is in the mental health field, right? So (laughs) I I, I was always rescuing animals and um, to my mother and my grandmother's chagrin because I would bring mice and ground squirrels and stuff into the house. And my dad had been a forest ranger. And so he taught me how to rehabilitate these injured Ah, animals. Right. Okay. So I would have them in this galvanized bucket with the heat lamp and the towel and the thing. Well, then as they revived, they would jump out of the bucket. in the house, (laughs) And so we would end up with animals roaming, like running free. And my mom would be flipping out and my grandmother would be standing on a chair and there'd be screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Creatures. Just yeah. scurrying through the house. Yeah. So my my dad would Sam, have Sam take that outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have to. They they would have. To, my dad would have to rescue the animal from my 
grandmother and my mother. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I had my little, I, for all the ones that didn't, you know, back in the day, and I don't know if anybody listening remembers, but deluxe checks used to come in a box. And it was yes. the perfect coffin size. <laughs> For my animals, that <laughs> yeah. for my it. animals yeah. that didn't make it. Yeah. So you had a little animal graveyard in I the backyard. Did. I did. There was a rose garden, and then there was, and I made popsicle stick crosses, and I put the date of their death. <laughs> and I know that sounds really tender, but then the next year, one year later, <laughs> said, but I would dig them up, and I had a microscope, and oh. I would look at whatever was left under. My- <laughs> Scott's face is precious right now. He's like, what? How the hell did we get here? It's like, it was like a cross between like disgust and and mortified. And I'm literally fascinated because we used to find like the stuff owls would throw up and you dig through it to see things. Well, my mom told me that my mom told me that the, that that whole thing started with her. She's like, I blame myself for that. And I'm like, why? She's like, well, I think I took to you to your first funeral when you were too young. Oh, and you just, from that moment on, you were you very just curious, were so yeah. curious mm-hmm. about dead people and mm-hmm. dead things and what happens when you're in the ground. And she's like, you asked about a hundred thousand questions. <laughs> ashes to ashes. <laughs> Which I know Iris is thinking, yeah, she asked some questions. Uh, right. She does ask questions. So, so does yeah. that... <clears throat> Does that growing up with that kind of background and lifestyle where it really feral. was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was feral. I was, <laughs> since I share some similar experiences, I was thinking like all the curiosity that yeah. comes from that, right? Yeah. Like you're digging into those things because you're yeah. curious about what it is. How does that then translate to now and life now being a mother, you have three kids, yeah. you know, and that curiosity piece, what does that look like? So yeah, we can get out um, of Scott's like freaking out boat over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It led to a lengthy, lengthy science uh, time in my life. So yeah. it's, it's all right. <laughs> I did graduate beyond mixing all the chemicals together and blowing up things. She was doing STEM before it was uh, a thing. Yeah. A thing. yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I love, I really, I loved animals. And I mean, I, I, I'm so as gross as that sound, the curiosity factor was just so huge about life and, and the circle of life and biology and all that stuff. And I, I did lead that out over the course of my lifetime, but I do think that I am naturally curious about lots of things. And it's kind of the, the bad thing about that. It makes you a generalist in lots of things and an expert in nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and my, my college certainly was an experiment in terms of, Ooh, I could learn about that. Oh, wait, now I've learned about that. Oh, that sounds cool. I want to learn about that, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I still um, very much wormhole. And when it comes to my kids, I think, um, it's actually, so my parents tracked me very much in science and math because they knew that was where my curiosity was. Um, but I think what that prevented me from doing was really exploring all the other aspects of life and education that maybe could have been interesting to me. Um, with my kids, I've just sort of been a free for all. I'm like, are you curious about it? Okay, let's go, let's go find out more about that or whatever. And so I think that's how that's played into my, into my parenting. Today's episode of where we landed is brought to you by the United way of Grant County. The United way's mission is to build stronger families. We believe that sharing inspirational stories helps strengthen the fabric of our community to get involved, contact the United way at 765 662 9811. How does that impact the adjustment? Because I think about moving a lot. I moved a lot when I was a kid. So that adjustment factor. So you moved from Nebraska, where you were born and raised, to here. Uh, you said you got your kids settled. So what does that, do you think that helped you adjust? 
Were there stops in between? Was it just Nebraska and then straight here? So I, as a child, I moved, we moved almost every four years. Okay. Okay. So yeah. we moved a lot as well. Every time my dad got promoted, the company moved us to a different Somewhere location. Else. Yeah. We just spent the majority of our lives in Nebraska. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, this has just been one of those things where like here, uh, when we settled here, it just has been a really great community for us and we've made really good friends and we've had nice opportunities here and so i think um it's just been luck of the draw that we came at the time that we did and met the people that we did but the curiosity factor has made it easy for me to always transition into new situations because i'm always interested in the people that are there and what what can i do there and what can i explore and where can i go and who can i see so yeah it's been there's been a number of times i've heard lisa go so tell me your story. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, because yeah. so, she's curious and she yeah. wants to know about it. Okay, tell me about who are you? Okay, yeah. what are you? How'd you get here? Yeah, Why'd tell me about that? that. Yeah. Yeah. Question, question. Who, yeah. Who's inspired you in your career? So as you think through, you know, you've been doing things for a few years. Mm-hmm. Who, who's been somebody that's inspired you during your career? Interestingly, the most inspirational person for me was a high school biology teacher, um, Jim Landon. He lives out in... I think Washington or Oregon now. And we called him Jim Bio. And um, <laughs> that's fun. I was, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's a fun nickname. Yeah. I, I did uh, microbiological research for the University of Nebraska while I was in high school. And so Jim really was just, his whole thing was just stay curious. You know, whatever you end up doing, stay curious. And at the time, I was just sure I was going to be a doctor. And, um, but I, but that has stuck with me. Yeah. Have yeah. you ma- maintained contact? It sounds like you have if he's still out. West. Yeah, uh, just very mildly, occasionally yeah. um, kept in touch, but nothing nothing too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, also love the fact that I look up to you so much, but you also seem to like don't take things, I shouldn't say things, but like yourself too seriously, right? Like here you are talking about how you grew up feral, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet you worked for for a university in high school doing microbiology. Mm-hmm. I don't know too many feral children that yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, so. I, we, we published when I was 19 and that was a really big accomplishment. That's amazing. Yeah, we were we were part of the team that discovered, um, so there's a bacteria bacillus thuringiensis variety israeliensis that um, was part of the, the BT corn that you have now that is bug resistant. And we were really looking at it for how it killed mosquitoes, um, how it could be used to kill mosquitoes. And it it forms a crystal toxin and stuff as it does its thing. And so we wow. interrupted that and isolated that. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to a bunch. I like spent my whole high school doing science fairs. Right. Like with the government and stuff. I was just worried about getting to the basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I was a mat maid too, so for wrestling. Oh, <laughs> a Wait, mat tell maid? me more. What is that? It's a cheerleader for wrestling. Uh, right? They call oh, them mat maids. Mat maids. Oh. It's probably not like. Is that a Nebraska It's probably thing? not PC anymore, but. Yeah. Well, <sighs> at Marion, we were managers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. As it relates to <clears throat> the mental health field, <laughs> one of the things that you've shared is just how challenging it is to find people right now mm-hmm. um and you've shared with me what a great team you have in place mm-hmm. and, and great people but as you're thinking about what makes a great mental health professional or a great mental health leader are there certain things that that you're looking for or that you've experienced and said this person is really good and here's mm-hmm. 
I think one of the biggest challenges right now for mental health workers, which I'll, I'll get to your question right now, is burnout. And the reason is that the weight of the world is heavy and it just continues to get heavier and more complicated. And so the what is coming through their doors is more painful mm-hmm. and so um, and more frequent. And so I think that's really challenging. Um, so I the individuals who are really best suited are the ones who have worked through a lot of their own, their own challenges and can um, really hold space for somebody else and yet be objective about how best to move that person forward in a non-judgmental, um, not a preconceived way, but in a really individuated way. And so I think watching that happen is that transformation happen. You have to really get excited about that. And you have to be someone who is okay. If someone doesn't take your advice or doesn't, you know, do the thing that you, you really want, <laughs> which we're to really good at that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and realizing that it's their work to do, not yours. Right. Right. Yeah. So like you can guide, but yeah. the therapists can't, who can't really, own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The therapists who really succeed are the ones who don't take on the burdens of everyone as their own. And that's, yeah. that's hard. If you're an empath and you become a therapist, it's really difficult to create a, an emotional boundary. Yeah. Um, where do you go find teammates today that fit well with, with what you're trying to do from a culture standpoint? Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you locate those people? Well, I mean, we're using a lot of the very traditional means right now. But um, one of the things that we just did a week ago was we actually sat in a group and made a list of people that we knew that used to work for our companies and talked a lot about if, as we're casting the new vision for where we're going as a a culture of inclusion, a culture of yes, and a a culture where um, transformation is possible and people thrive, then how do we, who could we entice to come back to get on board for that mission and vision? And so um, we've started making phone calls to those individuals. We're doing a lot of word of mouth right now, and that's actually being we're, – we're more successful that way right now in terms of recruitment than we are on traditional like Indeed or um, advertising sites. Is there or are you seeing any opportunity um, – to grow people internally yes, where they come on and they're like, Oh, I really wanted to work in this space, but now I'm curious or interested in this. Um, is the new model that you have encouraging or supportive or how, what does that look like for employees that want to yeah. either move up or change direction, but stay mm-hmm. with the company? Yeah. I think that, um, we're in a really dynamic time right now. So some people will say there's no opportunity at all, but the truth is it just maybe isn't fully articulated because we are still working through so many of the um, technical specifics of, Mm -hmm. of, of the structure, but yes, we're, we're setting ourselves up to have really clear career pathways for people that want advancement. And that I think is, is going to be exciting for the existing employees. So you've, shared about how difficult this is, right? Like you've led a merger, we're dealing with mental health, we're coming out of the pandemic, everything is very, very heavy. Um, Working in similar spaces to you guys, um, what do you do and where do you find your best refresh, re-engage? Like what do you do to recharge yourself as you're carrying all of that Mm. or trying not to carry all of that? 
Yeah, I think um, I have really great friends, and so I we do spend a lot of time with our friends. And I'm I'm also a real I'm a homebody a little bit, and I don't mind just being home on my own. I do have to find alone time though. I'm very much like if I give a lot of energy to people all day long, I need to retreat, and so I don't mind just hanging out, gardening, reading a book, you know. So I'm I'm not good at all those things, but. <laughs> That would be my answer. But well, but if you garden and you're killing the plants, then it just yeah. gives you a new space to put in a new plant, right? Yeah. Right. But just try it again. Well, and you bring up reading. So what are you reading right now? So I am um, reading a book. Um, oh, I'm going to have a brain fart. What's the name of it? It's actually written by a spiritual teacher. And he, um, his whole... Bye, Chauncey. Yeah. <laughs> his, whole, his whole thing is um, there's like two parts of your of your spiritual life, the beginning, the beginning when you're sort of in that exploratory and then the end of life. And so I'm I'm reading about just what that transition is like, because um, as you watch individuals go through sort of their their lifetime, it's just fascinating to see. It's just fascinating to see what. Um, what that switch looks like. And I think I'm kind of getting on the other side of that and what that looks and feels like for me. So interesting. Yeah. I can't think of the name of it. I'm sorry. It's okay. We'll we put it in the show up. notes once you, uh, yeah, we can look at it later for you. I just yeah. put a bunch of Chauncey hair by petting him. I'm so sorry. I Irish, you're wearing a black sweater. And it's all right. Yeah. Like we got, we got like tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> Highly brought over the little rolly thingy. So we're good. Yeah. Over, over the last several years, mental health has become uh, something that's talked about often in the media um, and, and with different situations in our culture. Um, are you concerned about the perception of mental health, um, the public perception of mental health? And, and if so, what can mental health professionals be doing to help change that perception? Yeah, I, I am. I, I mean, I, I remain concerned about the perception because there's a lot of pockets of misunderstanding about how mental health ties into the whole health of the individual and their ability to be contributing members of society and um, well in their own life. So I, I'm very concerned about that. In terms of, of what we can do, we see our role also as educators of the community. And one of the, one of the new goals that our leadership have set in our organization is setting is to become um, thought leaders in the space so that the community knows they can come to us, ask questions, and we'll do our very best to give them the best possible answers, make sure they're backed by evidence so that, you know, you're not just getting lame canned responses or something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you came here, mm -hmm. you landed here, your kids have grown up mm -hmm. pseudo here. Um if you are bringing talent back into the community, where or what are some of the places that when you have people visit or those kinds of things that you're just like, you've got to go see this or mm -hmm. we've got to take you here? Yeah, we, we usually try to, um, even when we have family come into town, um, obviously there's a variety of restaurants and I'm loving seeing like the new, like the new small small folks like that are investing in entrepreneurial ventures in the community. So while I don't eat meat, I have plenty of family and friends who do. So you can go to the barbecue places, you can go to the 
the Mexican places. You can go to Converse and go to Imagine Burgers. You can you can go to um, uh, Greens and Grill. You can I mean, there's like all these really cool places you can take them if you're wanting to do sort of the eating thing. And then the traditional things like Ivanhoe's and having that experience and stuff like that. Some people think, oh, that's just so trite. But for people who aren't from here, it actually really is a super powerful, positive experience. Um, we love, of course, because we liked it, the outdoors, anything along the river rock walk, kayaking, um, any of that kind of stuff. We always, we always do as well. The park system, we really and spend a lot of time enjoying, enjoying Motter Park. So you don't eat meat. Where is your personal favorite place to go? Um, my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you make in your kitchen? <laughs> I love, um, foods from other lands. So my, my parents lived abroad quite a bit. Oh. And so, um, we really love Indian food cause they lived in India for a while. Really love Thai food cause they lived in Thailand for a while. And oh, wow. yeah, I've really, I've always loved Mexican food. And then I've traveled to South America and other places. I've just have, a, I, those are just my favorite flavor profiles. So oh, nice. I, I totally dig all that. My youngest is wanting to be a, a chef. Like he's digging cooking right now and I'm not. Oh, get on board, cook. man. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not the cook in the house. My husband is, but he got, or Hunter was trying like different flavor. He made scrambled yeah. eggs the other day and he's like, I put cumin and something else and something else in it. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, right. go, yeah. go do that. Uh, now, do you do dairy or is dairy no. So, so no ice cream? No animal products. So ice cream would be out. I oh. have coconut ice cream, not. Or I make nice cream. cream. Yeah. Yeah. We make nice cream with like frozen bananas, frozen strawberries, frozen berries, stuff like yeah. that. My, my god sister actually just made coconut ice cream for Hunter because he's actually lactose. allergic to dairy mm -hmm. and lactose. And she made sure she's like, now you don't get anywhere near it, but it's made with coconut mm -hmm. milk and stuff like that instead. Yeah. He said it's amazing. It yeah. kind of looked like had more of a wasn't necessarily super creamy like what I would expect regular ice cream to be like, but it wasn't the crystallized version mm -hmm. either. That yeah, So Delicious has a great, their brand, uh, that's my favorite brand. Um, I like the mouth feel of it. Yeah. 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 It's like velvet <laughs> on the tongue. I was going to say, like it feels like <laughs> ice cream versus <laughs> velvet on the tongue. I'm telling you, it's so good. Is that like frosty consistency? I don't nope. know. I don't have nothing to add to it. <laughs> no, like a slow, like there's nothing yeah. better for me than like an actual slow churned where you cranked mm -hmm. it ice cream because it's real smooth yeah. and velvety. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just got the wrap it up thing from Kylie over here. No, no, no. no, no we more got ice cream talk. On the ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Well, so ice cream, like June is actually like ice cream month, Kylie. You got to. And we were talking about Ivanhoe's. Yeah. We went so. down an appropriate <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, brother. Lisa, what, what, what drew you to public service? Because you spent some time in public service in Nebraska. What drew you to that? And then how have you transferred that into the mental health career? Yeah, I, I, I grew up with a. Uh, Although my family wasn't involved in, in public service in the, like as a career, my dad was on the school board and my mm -hmm. family was involved in public service in that way. Um, so I grew up seeing it modeled for me and volunteering's always been natural. So I sort of have always had that as an aspect of my life, mostly on the volunteer side. So to move into that professionally was sort of a natural, a natural opportunity and that I would, or natural progression of my life, I think. Yeah. Lisa, will you share your personal motto with us? I know you have one. 
Is that okay? No, you just looked at me like, no, don't. No, don't. She's like, do you no. want the one I can share or the no. one that I can't share? No. You're talking about my sticky note one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything goes right for me? Oh, no, not that one. But that yeah. one is a good one, though, too. I'm a money I'm, magnet? No. The one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at all my sticky notes in my brain. I'm like, which no, one? I don't know, but I need a picture of all the sticky notes now because those are really good. Yeah. Oh, man. Is that like was, a one? It was like something about. So it was the last one, I am a money maggot? Magnet. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, I, I'm getting old. I can't hear. It's fine. Helping. We and, love you. Oh. Okay, never mind. We'll come I'm back. Sorry. Here. We'll circle back around. So that's I not love, the one. That, so do you believe in like that whole speak it into existence yeah. type mm-hmm. thing then? Yeah. I, 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 I believe I believe we we can create our futures. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I do really need a picture of your sticky note. I think I do have one because I took a picture of it before I cleaned out my family service office. Yeah. Did you put them back up when you went to your new office? I have them in a new place. I have them in a new place. Yeah. New place. What's been the proudest moment of your career? Um, And I'm sure there's many more to come, but to date, if I share it, I might cry. Is that okay? Yeah. I love crying. So actually, (laughs) he has a baby. Of course he loves crying. (laughs) Leo never cries. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. He's too busy singing wheels on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, actually, the proudest the proudest moment of my career is a very private moment that I have not ever shared. So um, my I had I got a phone call. I was with the governor's Western representative at the time, and I got a phone call from a farmer, and he said, could you come out to my place and meet with me? He said, I'm, I'm in my farm's in trouble, and I just I need to talk to somebody. It's like, okay. So I go out to his farm and this gentleman lays out for me that he has terminal cancer and he's a very short time to live and he's afraid he's going to leave his wife destitute and that he there's been so much money spent on his care that he's not that the farm is about to go to, into foreclosure and he's asking me is there anything that the governor's office can do to slow that process allow him to die without his wife having to worry about foreclosure and the bills and all that kind of stuff so um I uh, went and met with the bank and then I went and met with some of the neighboring farmers and ranchers and we kind of got a coalition of people together um, and um, they took care of all the crops in the fields. They went ahead and got the grain sold. They did all all of the work of it. The bank stalled and helped me find a buyer for the farm. And in the end, when he, he, I got to, I went and visited him just the day before his death and he was still lucid and he thanked me and, and just told me, he's like, I, I don't, I, I thank you. I can die and know that everything's going to be okay. And so then, um, he died the next day and his, his wife called me and invited me to the funeral. And so I went ahead and went to the funeral and the, the most meaningful, I mean, it was one of the most meaningful things I'd ever done. And I was, I was very sad because he was just an incredibly kind person and his wife came up to me and kind of pulled me to the side and she just said, you were our angel and we didn't even know it. Thank you so much. And then she was able to, to move on and, and live her life without fear of not having nothing. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I I don't feel like I'm any kind of angel. I just did what I wanted to do, but to know that me as one person was able to make a difference for that family that was so meaningful was like, okay, that kind of shifted for me. Like my, my, my purpose or my thought about what kind of impact I can actually have. And that sometimes the impact of one really does matter. And mm-hmm. so 
it shifts how you see what's possible in the world. And that yeah. was the most important yeah. moment. I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. That was amazing. Beautiful. And the fact too, that we do have those moments, whether we know it mm-hmm. or whether we don't, where we have impacted somebody's life, we've changed trajectory for mm-hmm. them or, you know, that it also brings a sense of purpose mm-hmm. to you. Right. I think so many people live in this space where they question like, what's, What's the point? Why do I just go to work every day and make a widget and go home? Not mm-hmm. realizing that they even impact people because maybe they're a coach or mm-hmm. they're, you know, they held the door open for somebody that day, you know, the simple things all the way up to big things yeah. and what that does for people. Well, in every person you interact with, you have the opportunity of leaving them better, even if they're miserable. Right. Yeah. And so you managing your interaction or how you want to move through the world is so important and I think that that, again, I mean, just being able to help him die peacefully was really, really cool. Well, yeah. and you helped him die peacefully. You gave sense to the other farmers for helping out a neighbor. You helped his wife live peacefully. And that does so much for then the children that were involved. I mean, there's so many ripples that come from that. And you could have very easily in that position just been like, no, there's nothing the governor's office can, yeah. can do for that. You really... Um, should own, and I'm glad that that's you know your moment. The fact that you didn't make that decision, you chose like I don't know. Can we? What? Mm-hmm. What's not? the worst that can happen if yeah. I yeah. look into this? So, um, just really cool, and it makes me thankful to have you in our community because we have access to that in you. But you're also spreading that mentality throughout the people that you touch here and the businesses mm-hmm. and teams that you work with. So very, very cool. I think Scott needs to ask his question. The question you always ask about what would you change about our community or what's holding <laughs> us back? <laughs> Scott's what, known for the hard yeah, questions. What, right? what, what is it that you see in our community right now that we could be doing better or what is it that we need to do to start to move that boulder, right? Like what's missing? <laughs> I did it's it like this time. If you could change one thing, I did it. It's normally Scott. Scott normally, we're stalling for you so you can think up your answer. Scott's <laughs> right. Scott's over there feeling like, and no, here I thought you were going to, okay, that's the biggest accomplishment. What's your biggest failure? That yeah. was where I was going with it. <laughs> no, I'm still stalling for no. you. Yeah. Oh, I don't need to stall. Okay. okay She's ready. I, 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 I said this many times before we, we as a community have a self-worth problem and it's mm-hmm. what Iris and I have talked about many times in terms of we deserve really good things, not just things, but we deserve amazing experiences. We deserve to have whole relationships with people. Um, we deserve to have access to um, the best care, whatever that care is for you, access to healthy food. We deserve all those things. So I think until we, make a community decision that we deserve better. I don't know. I don't know. We can have pockets of, of movement, I think. And we are seeing pockets of movement. I would say our entrepreneurial community is really getting legs right now. And that's pretty exciting to watch sort of the next generation of entrepreneurs really breathe life into the downtown area and throughout the community mm-hmm. and to have really new visionary ideas. And I will occasionally hear sort of, the naysayers and the NIMBYs talking about 
certain things. And yet that group of people is still just moving that forward because they've, they've adopted the belief that as a community, we deserve better. Right. And so, and there is an absolute, to be clear, there is nothing wrong with our community. We're a, we are a, a community of amazing people. We also have an extraordinary number of people who believe they are not worthy. And so what I'm addressing here really is just how is getting at that sense of worthiness. So when you're constantly in this battle to convince people that not only that they are worthy, but that the community as a whole is worthy, what are the things that make you choose to stay? I think because I constantly am coming across people like, like an Iris, you know, like you, Alicia, like Scott, who already see the better like you're you're 20 years ahead in terms of what you see us becoming and when you surround yourself with the people who who are are personally becoming and see what our community is and and can become it's the energy is just so worth it Mm -hmm. and you don't get that everywhere so yeah, I love that's that. Good. That's I, good. I'd like to ask my final question of the day and then the others can ask their, their <laughs> questions. <laughs> he um, doesn't want us to steal his questions anymore. I know. <laughs> and mine's going to be, what's the best advice you ever received? And as you're pondering that question, I wanted to tell you, thank you for all, all that you've done for our community in just 10 short years. And I've had the opportunity to serve on a board that, uh, that you've led that organization, family services. And, the way that you remember what's important to people, I think is really impactful. Like you lead with caring and love and you figure out what's really important to people. And and it's an incredible trait that you have. So I want to tell you, thank you for oh, impacting my that. life. Thank you. Um, so the best advice you've ever best received. Best advice actually um, <laughs> came off of Oprah and it wasn't somebody, I mean, I've had lots of good advice in my life, but honestly, the best advice was when Maya Angelou was still alive and the Oprah Winfrey show, this was back in the nineties and she, um, Oprah was interviewing her and it's when Maya Angelou said, when people show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. And that has just been a North star for me. Um, it's helped me know who I want around me. And it's the reason that my friends are who they are. It's because I know that when I talk with Iris or Alicia or you or Kylie, like I'm not worried about the underlying agenda Mm -hmm. because what it's not even what I see is what I get. It's just, I trust that what they're showing me today is what's true right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been really, really powerful for me and helped me a lot. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I love that. Well, um, would you like to take a few minutes and just share about your family? I don't want you to get off air and then you didn't even get, say my name when I was blame. on. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so just tell you whatever you'd like to share. Sure. So I have a, I have three kids, um, two from my first marriage and one from Mike's and my marriage. And so Caroline's 28, Will's 20, just turned 25 and Isabel is 16 and driving, which is amazing. <laughs> So amazing when they start it's to drive. So awesome. Oh my god! Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like on the cusp of empty nesting, and I've got a few people going. Oh, and I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, yes. I can have my friends over. Well, and yeah. she said she likes her alone time sometimes too. So when you have three kids, I like it a lot. you're hardly alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's been, 
it's been uh the kids are great and the two older are living in carmel now and isabella tends out of oak hill and she's at vol- doing volleyball in the summer yeah. and so, yeah good. it's been good mike works yeah. for general motors so he moved from walmart to general he did. motors yep he's been at general motors now for almost eight years nice yeah, yeah. So I get to ask the, I guess, end question in regards to what are you watching, listening? You mentioned reading, but do you watch TV? What podcasts other than where we landed do you listen to? (laughs) So I have a celebrity crush on Rich Roll. So I listen to the Rich Roll podcast (laughs) religiously. (laughs) The best ultra runner ever and i just think he's amazing anyway so i I listen to that on the regular and then i am currently binge watching chicago med ah um that is my guilty pleasure right Uh, now yeah Yeah. so you're a fan of pseudo mindless entertainment completely you just shut your brain off yeah Yeah, always yeah that's reality shows for me. My husband doesn't understand it. Yeah. He's like, this is junk TV. I'm like, yes, it's like eating a bag of chips. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's just like, while I'm sitting here, everything else can turn off and I can right. look at everybody else's Absolutely. chaos. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Well, um, we, this has gone by like so fast and we've totally just scratched the surface of Lisa. Like I am privileged to get to work with her every single day and to know her and love her and have her as a mentor. So um, I think we may maybe need to have her back next time and, and maybe not ask her so many work questions, Scott. Maybe put an I'm way funner than yeah. work indicates. Funner. funner. But are we allowed to air it? <laughs> There's no video proof. No we just have to put proof. explicit on the podcast. Oh, so so we so we don't need to go Google Lisa Dominici. And See what comes what, up. Hmm, what would you find? <laughs> Not Ooh, much. That might be something we need to start doing. No, what just happens kidding. when you Google nope. yourself? Stop. All right, stop. <laughs> stop. Anyways, thank you very much for being here today. We we have been privileged, and uh, we're so glad uh, that you gave us time today, and you get to share your story. And we're so happy that you landed here. So yeah, me too. Yeah, thank you, Thanks, and Lisa. we will see you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.